Before we begin, please refer to the disclaimer and link in the podcast notes, and note that all opinions expressed in this podcast are intended for informational purposes only and should not be treated as investment or financial advice. The Solana blockchain, it was down and out late last year, according to many. Here at Collective Shift, we've been covering it all the way through, explaining to members why you shouldn't write it off. And Nick, Senior Research Analyst at Collective Shift, has recently put together a really, really popular post that was well received with members, talking about five reasons why Solana is here to stay and why you shouldn't write it off. I'm looking forward to getting into some of these with you today, Nick. I'll hand it over to you to start off with the first reason that came to mind, why you're not writing Solana off. Yeah, thanks, Matt. It was an interesting post, you know, to get together, and it's one, you know, as, as you know, we've been following quite closely. So the first reason I think why, you know, I, I know I've been thinking that Solana has some sort of staying power um, and place in the market is because it represents a sort of hedge against Ethereum, or it's sort of quote unquote layered scaling approach. Um, so Ethereum, as all you might know, or if you don't know, Ethereum is trying to scale to meet more users by creating sort of um, layer upon layer of different, um, you know, platforms that users can uh, transact on. Whereas Solana is taking a completely different approach and trying to create sort of an all-in-one approach and one sort of layer uh, where all users can transact. And there's not any of these confusing, you know, networks that you might have to use or bridge and transfer in and out of it's just solana it's simple it's easy uh and that's quite different to ethereum and ethereum's approach um as well you can think of it as the way that it is trying to uh scale in terms of hardware versus software so solana takes a much more traditional approach to the way that it's trying to you know to increase its transactions on the network uh so as you know, more computing power comes and hardware upgrades, you know, mean you can do more transactions or um, it reduces the cost, then it means that a Solana will scale along with hardware. While, whereas Ethereum is really trying to scale by a lot of technical software developments. So this is where I'm sort of seeing it as a potential hedge because they're two different approaches to how they're trying to scale and create their blockchains. That's an excellent point, Nick. We often forget that, you know, blockchains that are optimized for smart contracts have not yet, there hasn't been one yet that has uh, proven to scale. So I think, you know, from an investment standpoint, even from developers or even just a user standpoint of, of crypto, I think it's important to, to know that it's important to maybe try out some different types of blockchains, given that, you know, rather than putting all your eggs into one basket and all of a sudden, maybe you know, maybe Ethereum, as as much as we love it, maybe their plan to scale might not might not work. So I think that hedge against the success, the potential success of Ethereum, I think you really painted Solana in a really a really good light there, and they do have a lot of sort of unique benefits that we will get into. Um, just to add on there as well, Matt. I always like to think of it as this um, what's called modular. So Ethereum is trying to. Uh, go about it and say, hey, we don't want to do all of the roles in the network and on, as a blockchain, but we're going to outsource different roles and responsibilities to you know different um, networks, and it'll come together as Ethereum or you know, and Ethereum can work. Whereas Solana isn't really outsourcing any of those roles. That's another way um, you can sort of think about it if this all seems a bit confusing. Yeah, yeah, great, great example there. Um, 
I think what was the sort of another a point out, out of the five, Nick, what was another sort of reason why you're sort of encouraging people to have an open mind with Solana and a benefit you sort of see moving forward? Yeah, one of the positives I'm seeing uh, is the infrastructure development, which is uh, super encouraging to see. So at the moment, Solana only has what's called one client and, you know, sort of one instance of some of this uh, infrastructure that really powers it and powers the network. So I'm seeing that there's a lot of development wrapping up with something called FireDancer, which is a second client for Solana that is being built by Jump Crypto. So it's really encouraging to see that there is outside teams working on Solana infrastructure, which is showing a real long-term commitment to the ecosystem. And now why this is important is because we actually saw Ethereum experience some network issues this week, and this was down to its clients. So if Ethereum only had the one client like Solana had, then it would it would have had a much worse downtime, or not downtime, but it would have had serious issues with the network. Um, so this is why it's encouraging that if Solana can develop this core infrastructure, that has helped Ethereum through its latest, you know, network issues, you know, then it's super encouraging for Solana who has experienced quite a lot of issues in the past. Yeah, it's an excellent point. I think if it's going to move up Solana to that next tier above in terms of legitimacy, I think, yeah, multiple, multiple clients um, is, is a must have. And yeah, really, really impressive um, seeing what jump crypto uh, are building with, with fire dancer, which, um, yeah, I've heard even the founder Anatoly sort of talk about them earlier and even how, how talking about how fast this, uh, this client is going to be. And yeah, really again, helping to add to that diversity for Solana, which is currently, you know, as you said, very concentrated on the one client. For people unaware, clients are just essentially just pieces of software, something that you download to uh, more or less just to really dumb it down just to support the the operation or the running of a blockchain so you know bitcoin you've got bitcoin core is sort of like by far the most sort of you know popular client which is sort of community built and then ethereum as nick said there's about 10 clients all up um and then yeah with solana currently only one which is often a bit of a criticism towards it but this infrastructure as you said nick is uh very very encouraging speaking of which there's some other sort of encouraging infrastructure on the way for solana as well yeah i know maybe you can say a bit more about this one because you're probably more in the nft space and so you can explain the significance of this but we're also seeing a lot of development in like solana's uh, nft platforms and different token standards so it's created its own sort of compression platform that's launched, which dramatically slashes costs uh, to bulk mint a lot of NFTs. So, for example, if you want to mint about a million NFTs through this new mechanism, it would only cost roughly about $100 or so. So this is massive cost savings. And if uh, Solana is going to continue to be sort of an NFT powerhouse, which is, has been and we've seen NFTs on Solana, really become a main mode, then, you know, innovations in this space would only encourage more projects, more teams, you know, to maybe look at Solana to launch really cheap NFTs, especially if you want to bulk mint, you know, hundreds of thousands of perhaps millions of NFTs. Yeah, this has been a big, yeah, exciting development uh, in the past, probably first quarter of 2023, where, yeah, as you said, being able to mint, you know, 1 million or 10 million NFTs for 
you know, call it 100 or 200, 300 sort of US dollars equivalent. Whereas on other chains like like Ethereum, that would probably cost six or seven figures in fees just to be able to do that. Um, so again, it's a really, yeah, it really paints a picture of what's possible on Solana. Probably because of how new it is, the applications aren't yet there, but you could imagine there's some creative people who would figure out new applications for NFTs that have been unlocked because of this really cheap sort of, you know, compression mechanism that, that Solana do have here. So, uh, we, I think you did link to that actually, uh, an announcement that was on Solana's blog, blog post about, you know, how this sort of works. Um, and then Backpack is probably a team that is sort of pioneering this, uh, you know, X NFTs and as well as just, you know, exemplifying sort of how NFTs that are, built with like compression can can sort of work so another sort of unique unique selling point or unique point of differentiation for for solana yeah maybe jump we can jump into the what i think is the third reason of why i think solana has that sort of staying power in the market is its network and community hardening so we saw with the ftx collapse that and the subsequent soul sell-off that happens it was perhaps one of the darkest days for the solana community uh, prices tanked. There was a lot of actual concerns, you know, people saying, is Solana dead? Is Solana dead? Um, and they've sort of come out, rebounded, and shown strong community support. Um, and one comparison I like to think about here is the DAO, which was a similar moment, but for Ethereum in its in Ethereum's history, that was a legitimate uh, point in time where a lot of people were unsure whether Ethereum would be able to continue uh, after this incident. And so the DAO is just a smart contract that a lot of people put a lot of funds into and a lot of ETH was locked in there and it caused Ethereum developers to return the funds via a network upgrade um, because of this exploitation. And this is what created what's now called, well, what was renamed to Ethereum Classic. Um, so this was sort of a reminiscent to me. I'm not sure if you feel a similar way there, Matt, but I'm sort of feeling like maybe that was Solana's down moment in a way where a lot of people were questioning whether it could survive as a blockchain. Uh, so I'm really um, positive by what we saw um, because they even had the latest hackathons that have happened. And the most recent one was their largest ever with about 10,000 participants. And I think, you know, several hundred, maybe 800 projects that launched and, cre and created for the hackathon. Yeah, I think those um, crucible moments sort of thing where he backs against the wall as, a, as an ecosystem, it's um, a really good time as for us as, as analysts to sort of hone in and, and see whether they can make it through. And Solana's definitely sort of survived that, um, as you said, drawing that analogy to the DAO, where I think something, I think it was in between 10 and 20% of all the ETH that existed at that time was in that contract that got hacked, mm. um, where, again, uh, people were doubting the future of Ethereum. Um, and now, similarly, as you said, Nick, people were doubting the future of Solana in November. Um, and here we are in May 2023, and it's sort of, you know, has improved significantly since since those dark days about five or six months ago, not out of the woods yet, but as you've been pointing out in this video and in that post for members, there's a lot of reasons why, you know, it's showing signs of, you know, turning back into and becoming again, this sort of thriving, thriving ecosystem. Yeah. And for those that do want to catch the full post, um, you know, they're available to collective shift members. And I go over another two, two or three reasons why I think the Solana is sticking around and even talk about some of the concerns or things to look out for um, that could threaten it remaining a top 10 and, you know, that, that could see the opposite play out in the market. 
Yeah, always good to consider both sides. What I always love about your post, Nick. And yeah, as, as Nick did just say, this was published on the Collective Shift platform. Uh, and it is an example of the, the type of content that we do produce for our valued Collective Shift members, helping them save time and make informed decisions. To read the full report, head over to collectiveshift.io. And I do definitely recommend uh, subscribing to our free weekly newsletter. Uh, that is available at collectiveshift.io forward slash newsletter.